Welcome to On the Other Side, where we talk crypto, culture, and society, and explore what the world might look like on the other side of Web3 adoption. A few episodes ago, some of you may have remembered, I said that I wanted to switch some things up on this podcast, stop bringing on the same guests, maybe do some formatting experiments, and this episode is the first of one of those experiments. So this is with Jay, who is a friend of mine. He is an artist. He's a technology, like, anthropologist. I guess he wouldn't even like to be called a technology anthropologist. He's just straight up an anthropologist. He is just such an interesting human. And this conversation was so fun. It's experimental for me in that typically when I have conversations on the podcast, I often really aim to like amplify and shed a light on things that I have some like high conviction in. Um, I, I sort of have gone back and forth on do I want to like open source some of the things that I'm thinking about in conversations that I'm having partially because like I don't know how I feel about some of these things. I don't know how I feel about amplifying some of these conversations, um, particularly around topics where Like, I don't know if they're good for society, but it's also like, who am I to say that I know what's good and what isn't? So I'm just sharing this interview, this conversation, and I hope you find it interesting. One quick note that I want to add here is that something that I really tried to do in this discussion for myself is suspend my judgment. I think oftentimes when I'm having conversations, particularly around topics that do impact people and often carry sometimes like a heavier weight than it seems on the surface, my immediate reaction is to judge something. And Jay, one of the things that I absolutely love about him is that I think he's very non-judgmental in a lot of the things he explores and he allows himself to just get fully immersed without feeling the need to draw conclusions and assign morality immediately to it. So I would encourage you to try to suspend some judgment and explore some of these ideas. If you want to go deeper down the wild rabbit holes that that Jay talks about in this episode, cool. If this is not your thing, also cool. This is one of these experiments that, again, I just want to explore and share with you all. So I hope you enjoy. Definitely give me feedback on this. I would absolutely love to hear, do you hate this kind of episode? Do you love it? Again, I will also be continuing my normal cadence of interviews where we focus on sort of these ethical sides of Web3 in a much more structured way. This one's a little bit less structured, but this is the first of many experiments. So I hope you enjoy. And before we hop into the show, of course, a quick thank you to the sponsors that make this episode possible. On this show, we talk all about the human side of Web3 and the philosophy around Web3, but when you're ready to get your hands dirty, Rabbit Hole is the place to go. Rabbit Hole curates all of the wildness of Web3 into one simple place where users can go to be directed towards positive sum protocols and build their skill set as they do it. You can check it out at rabbithole.gg. Thank you, Rabbit Hole, for sponsoring On the Other Side. All right, let's hop into the show. I am here with Jay, who is a friend of mine, a DAO contributor. I don't know how you even want to be introduced because you're an artist, but you're also like writing this. I don't even know what you're calling your Substack. It's not even really a newsletter so much as it is cultural report. I don't know what the right word yeah, is. I kind of like tried to term the phrase and it's like funny to think about terming a phrase, but like gonzo anthropology. So it's like very much being in the front seat of like 
I don't know, like a schizophrenic bullet shooting across all like the weird shit happening in New York (laughs) and then using all that context to then like figure out who's making what and then just getting to the bottom of why they're making those things. Mm. Um, I don't really care about telling people like what's good or what's bad. Like there's enough opinion pieces out there right now. Like that shit just feels so old. And I, I don't I think people are tired of being told like the morality play on things. And so I'm just trying to record the why and the what behind the different projects happening. And yeah, there's so many like connections happening right now and overlaps that it seems very important to at least try to like have a bird's eye view. And almost, like I said, like more of like an anthropological collection of a, of a subculture, which is that's like kind of where it's all coming from. So, Which is funny because you're really at the intersection of capturing all of this stuff that's going on in these like weird IRL, like New York subcultures and also online But then you're also in like the Web3 side, which is a pretty, there's overlap, but that's like a pretty different subculture with a lot of different things going on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think a lot of like, I'm just like an obsessively curious person. And I also feel like I've (laughs) always missed out on like the cool shit. Like anytime there's like, but I guess that's just like living. Like anytime you look back in history, you're like, oh my God, like that was the best time to be alive. Can't believe I missed that. (laughs) And then so I think I've always been like searching for something like that. And I feel like, you know, Web3 is kind of ushered in. I don't even call Web3. I'm gonna call it crypto. Crypto's ushered in like this like revolution and a lot of things for better or worse. But then the internet has done that too. Um, I I feel like there's just something happening, you know, and uh, definitely like a creative level. And and a lot of the overlaps, you know, are coming with like tooling and, and kind of permissionlessness and a lot of like the free speech idealism and whatnot that kind of comes with crypto and so that's i think like what has driven a lot of it and i also just like i'm just not a technical person so like i don't know like i don't i don't really care about DeFi. i suck at it like like i I i've only lost money on DeFi. same (laughs) same it's a ponzi and i am the ponzi or like i you're the ponzi (laughs) i yeah give me all your bags because i will hold them till i die But so it's just kind of like, I guess like this like post-COVID era kind of boom of a lot of like really interesting projects and ideas and and Web3 happens to be kind of intermingled with all this other weird shit. This is like what I find most interesting about where you're at as well is I think a lot of crypto native people don't necessarily get exposure to the way that Web3 is interacting with other subcultures that are playing with this technology or critiquing it um, from a lens that's like incredibly different from the approach that I think most people in like the crypto Twitter bubbles are thinking about crypto through. So maybe it's worth you giving a little bit of a, a overview of what the hell is going on in some of those bubbles and where that Web3 overlap is. Yeah. Okay. So like, Basically, I'm just going to preface this that I'm going to sound like a crazy person. I always do. I always do. It's like, it feels like that. Like, like I even made a meme about it, like in that first post, but I'm like, Charlie out of fucking always sunny, like pointing at like this crazy board and there's all these connections. And like, that's, that's kind of how it is. It's like, you know, you really start to dive in. You're like, holy fuck, everything's connected. Like, this is weird. But, but yeah, so like a lot of my focus has been kind of like art driven and, and very much like in New York. Um, with, I guess, like what people like 
we'll just like air quotes like the scene. I don't really think it's that sceney. It's just like a group of friends and there's a lot of overlaps and they're also people kind of making shit and doing things. But within some of those themes and shit, like you come across like huge overlaps within like Urbit and Milady and Mad Realities and a lot of these like literary magazines. So like Forever Mag and um, another one called Batshit Times and Sex Mag and podcasts called contain and new models and i mean wet brain like all these like and it's like all basically like this whole if you listen to this episode you'll get like a new york city like di- like dime square bullshit bingo for sure <laughs> like like you will have like you'll have like all of the the little clickbait and it's it's like that's the thing is it's like it's very much like living out like memetics in real life because a lot of this is kind of like a lot of it takes place in, in Chinatown and Lower East Side and, and has like a very like hyper localized scene that has kind of like developed roots and pseudo kind of like appropriated a, a place, um, which has been like interesting. Like, I guess it's like probably like one of the best examples of like a permissionless digital city where it's like it just happened. And I think it's kind of like has brought up a lot of the conversations of like gentrification and shit, which I don't think a lot of people think about. Um, but yeah, so like a lot of these things are like just tangentially connected. I mean, and then it's like, you know, like I, I, my lady will throw a rave and you go to these raves and it's just like the craziest people you'll see. And like, and when I say crazy, I don't mean like care. I mean, there are characters, but it's just like a crazy cross section of people. Like you'll go, you'll see like fucking drain gang kids. And I like run into people who write graffiti and you'll see like a crypto bro. And then you'll like also see like a very like normal kind of mix of people it's not just like fucking dudes wearing patagonia vest and all birds and some like kids shirt (laughs) like it's actually like i don't know again as somebody who's like never really felt like i really fit within kind of like the tech circle it's like more of like i would say like maybe my people um which is fun to find but but yeah so there's all these like overlappings and then like you know there's overlappings with some of these art movements and groups kind of like and I guess I'm going to be like name dropping a lot of groups, but it kind of is what it is. Cause it is like all, you know, loosely connected. I mean, like, there's just like a pretty like big bubbling kind of music scene here in Manhattan and kind of Brooklyn. And like, it's kind of been pushing like the whole like indie sleaze revival. And, you know, it's not like really, I think there is nostalgia, but these people are also like making like really good and new music and it's just like friends. Um, so like a person like Blake, the man 1000 or frost children or the dare or shallow halo or sitcom or these bands that are all kind of like wrapped up in this scene as well. Um, which is super fascinating to see. And then like that is tied to like some of these greater art kind of critics and shit. Like, I know like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the funny go listen to like Dean Kissick by, by Blake the Man 1000 and you'll be like wow I've just listened to like an anthropological song of the, <laughs> the post-COVID New York scene like holy shit so it's like yeah just kind of like really becoming like obsessed with a lot of these things and kind of like tracking it through um, a, a really good example too is like this newsletter called Perfectly Imperfect um, it's run by like a friend named Tyler who who has kind of like started that in the post started like mid-COVID and it really has become I guess like a, a time capsule of like a certain scene. And like, if you go there, mm. you just have like, he actually just had on a, they had like a hilarious two year anniversary party that was like really good. And then like the New York times like wrote this like 
complete like cringe and and derpy article that was like so funny then it got like all this hate online which is really interesting to see play out but then i mean it was it's again like i think people also like to hate on maybe people who are perceived as cool or like when you're not able to maybe participate or really like i mean i guess that's like a subculture thing you know it's like subcultures Mm -hmm. have in groups and they have out groups and i think that's something that talking about like web3 is like that's what like web3 and crypto is kind of created it's it's uh you know it's it's the whole phrase of like death of the town square like people don't want to be around everybody like you realize like that's just like very homogenous and surface level and like politically too it's really interesting you know with that whole thing because you have like all these different factions of like the alt left or like the new right or and like all this shit is basically like people trying to like label these young people who have a lot of like kind of not crazy political beliefs but like beliefs that like five years ago like wouldn't have been occurring in the same basket and i think that also kind of goes to like this like digital age we're in and like the 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 post identity and post individualism type stuff that like the meta label crew is pushing like we're we're in this time where like things don't really have to like be cohesive but people can still build their like whole world views around it and yeah i don't know i'm like rambling now but (laughs) no no well that's what i think is really that's partially what i think is really interesting about like so you're looking a lot at this subculture in New York, and I think that's kind of overlapping in some interesting ways with your exploration and work in Web3. And what I think is so interesting about this is, and this has probably been the case for subcultures in the past, but I think it, it was a lot less legible and a lot less visible, where like these subcultures start to bubble over and overflow, I guess, into like internet culture. And also these subcultures are borrowing from existing internet culture. So there's like interesting exchange of memes and ideas and people that it feels like is happening definitely in New York um, and I'm sure elsewhere that's like like even I guess some of the Milady and Urbit stuff, which I don't even know how much we want to dig into because I don't even know how much people have familiarity with some of the basics on a lot of that, but like Milady is an NFT project. Urbit is like this, I don't know, what would it's you call personal, it? Jay? Personal computing platform and software. Like it's, yeah, that's like a, it's kind of like a protocol, right? In some ways. It's a new internet. It's, it's a new and, and well-designed internet. internet. <laughs> but like in all of those like spaces, it feels like there's a lot of this overlap that's like influencing one another. <clears throat> and we were talking a little bit before about this idea of like appropriation of certain cultures. And I feel like that's part of what's challenging about this whole thing is not only is it not super legible for people outside of it, which is fine. Like if culture was legible to everyone and anyone could just enter into a certain scene, then to your point about in-groups and out-groups, like it wouldn't feel special. And honestly, it'd probably be a mess. But I think one of the interesting things that's like challenging is a lot of people will take – will have these like overflows of culture – people will absorb them and take them as our own in a certain subculture, but you actually have no idea where it's coming from. (laughs) Yeah. I almost feel like we're like kind of a lot of what's happening here almost feels like it's a result of like the internet manifesting itself in real life versus like the Mm. opposite. Yeah. Um, Especially I think again, like post COVID you had these like certain groups that kind of have pushed back 
on a lot of woke <laughs> politics and identity politics, but still have these like very like progressive ideals. And they're kind of like a very like no fucks given attitude. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, you see that in like Milady, you kind of definitely see that like, you know, a little bit in Urbit, but like more Urbit's just kind of like, you know, you have to be like pretty smart and I think also like internet native like Urbit's changed like definitely like I don't want to ever like cast blanket statements because it's like Urbit's been around for like 10 years I'm like super new I've just been like using the using the kind of like the network for like the last year and diving into like apps and stuff so I'm like very you know I wouldn't say I'm like an Urbit I'm like the smoothest brand on Urbit for sure <laughs> um but a lot of like the culture on Urbit's super interesting you have a lot of artists you have a lot of overlaps with like design and some like really free thinkers you know for better or worse but you know that's kind of like the whole thing is like if your platform's agnostic you're gonna have like for better or worse i feel like that's like the whole point Um, yeah but yeah i mean it's like the thing of like appropriation is like i mean we're at this part where i feel like this is just again a lot of like personal ideas and beliefs but because i was thinking about like the internet and like if you like if any photo on the internet, I don't think really is sacred or like belongs to anyone. I think it's almost like this internet is like this hive mind of connectivity. And at a certain point, like you start to like remix and like after like so many layers, it's like so hard to tell like where you're pulling from or what you're coming from. Um, and so it's like, you know, like, yeah, things probably do get appropriated, but I think also things get like recontextualized, which I think is important um, to kind of like recognize and and maybe like think about I mean, like I said, like we kind of talked earlier, but it's like the whole like so much of like crypto Twitter that doesn't like embodied by like the masses still comes from like 4chan. Like, yeah. And it's just like really interesting because you'll see a group that might be like really pushing for like growing diversity and inclusion in the space, which is needed. But they'll also like be like, you know, using things that, you know, like a good example is like the we all going to make it like I came from 4chan like. Right. It's really interesting to see like that type of appropriation and recontext sort of ugh, whatever, like recontextualize <laughs> and then subdue like new meaning, which is like the whole point of the internet, I feel like, is to be able to like grab these bits and pieces and make them into something new. I mean, that's like the whole points of memes is you like use all this like imagery and shit that like maybe means one thing, but you can completely subvert and also create new meaning. Um and I think it's also maybe like kind of like the whole like copy paste thing. Where it's like, you know, you can copy something off the internet and it's almost like, you know, if you like drop something out of like, say you like find a Google image and you like put it in a design, I feel like it almost like adds something completely new that didn't exist. So it's like hard to say you still have ties to the old thing. I don't right. know. That's also like really overly simplifying a lot of like complex things, but it, it well, is like an interesting kind of like, I guess like internet identity or like internet, um, I don't know, like embodiment or like ideal or I, I don't know. It's also like I, I've had this experience using like Dolly and Midjourney and stuff too where I'll generate something and I've been doing like, you know, some mixed media, um, playing around with like mixed media where I like print out whatever it is that I'm creating. And it's interesting too because uh, – I had a friend over and he was looking at something that I generated with mid journey. And he was like, Oh, like, is that a person in like this landscape? And I was like, I have no idea if it's a person. I didn't, 
I didn't make the landscape. I just gave it this prompt. So whatever meaning you assign to what any of this is or means is fully your own assignment of meaning, which might have always been true depending on how you look at things like art and whatever and perception. But like it's certainly true now, which feels like a lot of this stuff where like I I really like this idea that you're talking about around um, there's this weird thing going on where instead of – sort of IRL manifesting on the internet, we're seeing the internet manifesting IRL. And it feels like that's going to become more and more true where it's like you can kind of only assign meaning to something so much as you choose to, not only because maybe that's how life has always been, but also because a lot of this stuff is no longer, you know, meaning that's been made by and intentionally crafted by humans. It's Maybe complete nonsense, but maybe that's just kind of the world that we've always lived in. Yeah, I mean, there's like that whole, and this is like, I'm doing the thing that like everybody hates where you like learn a new term and then you like talk about that said term. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I'm like going for it because fuck it. That's, you know, (laughs) learning's cool. Haters can hate. But I was like listening to this podcast, which if anybody is involved in crypto or Web3 and you don't listen to new models, you're not going to make it. You're you're not going to survive. It is a great podcast. You're going to like remain like an uncultured lump of coal that <laughs> is only using Ave or Curve. <laughs> so if you want to do that, start listening to new models. But they had this part, this artist on them, John Raffin, who's like a post-internet artist. and um, But he was talking about like the whole kind of like theory of like, I can barely even say it, but like egregore. But it's kind of like this, I guess, like pseudo like witchcraft thing where basically it's like a community creates something and then they do it with they like put meaning into it and then through doing that it like actualizes so it's like you know it's memetics and shit but i mean that's like the whole point is like you can control this narrative and you can control kind of like the future and the manifestation i mean like a great a great example that's like really crypto native is jacob that post of like the the DAO or whatever where he minted it like in 2021 and then he posted it like a few days ago and he's like on chain like that was like some 5d chess where he's like basically had this idea and then it's kind of like been memed into existence and then he can like pull it out in the back and then be like see i told you is this the purple thing no no not purple it was the the DAO, and then basically all DAOs kind of like using nfts um for membership Mm. I can send it to you, but it was like yeah, it was like you're talking those... about Jacob from Zora, right? Yeah, exactly. Porn. It was like one of those things where I was like, "Damn, that was some five D chess, well played!" <laughs> like, holy shit. But a lot of that's like kind of like thinking like these like really weird internet cultures and kind of communities. Like they create these like symbols of meaning, and then like that meaning kind of goes out into the world and then actualizes into like actual and real kind of like implications or um, like good things, you know, or even just like changing narratives. And I think that's like what's I've been like really tracking and finding interesting. I mean, like, you know, we I feel like it's like a good segue into Milady, but like Milady like uncancels itself because of their like, no, 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 no. And then they just like kept doing all this like crazy, you know, meme posting and creating like these like whole like network spirituality and like look at our little cute eyes and we love you and we're going to stay around and like, that's it's working like you know it's super like that that is like exactly kind of like 
the weird internet phenomenon where it's like you're seeing like I don't know if like that's like the end. Like I don't know if this is I I'm trying to be careful with words. Basically I feel like we're witnessing an era with like cancel culture is dead. And I think you're seeing that embodied in a lot of the creativity and conversation and ideas that are percolating on a lot of these like subcultures where there's freedom to have ideas that could potentially be wrong or bad or, you know, potentially offensive. But the main idea is the fact that like immoral art and idea still belongs in the world, which I think is a really fascinating creative idea or like, I don't even, I don't even know, but I just think that's like super fascinating. And it's also like leading a lot of like the cultural innovation and like a lot of these kind of like, new ways of creating and and kind of like seeing maybe a revival of some aspects of art and creativity. And like I said, it's a really tricky topic, mm-hmm. but I do think there is a lot of merit to being able to have space to like one, fuck up and make mistakes. And then two, like make work that is offensive. And that's not to like, I'm not like saying like hate speech and all that shit. Like, I think there's also a line within art, but you know, I do think we've seen kind of like the sterilization of art and thought and idea in the last probably like five years. And I think COVID was a great catalyst for a, a huge pushback of the youth, um, especially like Gen Z and, and, you know, a lot of like young people who are still like highly progressive and whatnot, but like they just, they see like a lot of like those identity politics and kind of like wokeism has been, more used as like a way to control i mean through corporations i mean the fact that like i don't know like pepsi will like fucking use like the rainbow flag or something it's like that that's crazy right like this is just this like we're living in a dystopian hell right yeah and so i think that that's kind of like what we're seeing and i think that's why it's kind of like an exciting time is because like yeah there's a lot of like crazy things being said but at the end of the day, it's like, I'd rather know someone's fucking crazy than them like hiding it because they're scared of being mm. canceled. So like, oh, okay, like that person's like certifiably insane. <laughs> but that also like gives room for people to come up with like ideas that can be pushing the boundaries in a way that maybe isn't like hurtful or as like, you know, immoral, but it does push the needle into like some sort of like interesting conceptual work, which I, I think like kind of a milady, especially in like, crypto is like a great example and like a lot of like the the spinoffs and like derivative projects of milady are like wild just in terms of like the art and the little communities that come out of them and and kind of like the 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 diverse kind of participants too i mean it's that's what's so fascinating you know i mean you and i have talked endlessly about this my desire to assign moral judgment or past moral judgment onto Milady is something that I've struggled with this entire time while watching it. I think though, like regardless of whether or not you pass this like <clears throat> judgment of morality onto a project like Milady or any other project that's similar to it, that's exploring this idea of like art that's allowed to be disgusting and sometimes terrible, but also cute. Like, I think a lot of this comes down to this debate that we're having in this, like, macro sense, both in crypto and beyond around, you know, Elon Musk acquiring Twitter and pushing things like free speech is, like, one 
macro thing, but within Web3 more more specifically, we know that censorship on chain is like not really feasible. And if we're building protocols where anyone can spin up a client and show you what's being written to the protocol, let's say it's a social protocol, for example, um, censorship is probably not going to be something that we we build in. And so I feel like part of this cultural shift that's really interesting is it's almost preparing us for the internet that we're going to build anyway, which is an internet where you can't censor people. Yeah. And that's what's so – that's – yes, exactly. I mean I think that's what like is so crazy is you're starting to see a lot of like contradictions. Mm. Like so you're seeing like ideological contradictions where it's like – we're utilizing the blockchain because of its immutability, its uncensorship. But then we also want to like make sure that things are like sterilized and clean and safe. And I think that's like kind of like the the trade off. It's like people get mad, but it's like I mean, thinking of like a world where like people are like three D printing guns and buying them with cryptocurrency, and then maybe like having these little chat. I don't know. Like that's like it's just fascinating. Like, you know what I mean? It's like all of this is like in a time like where you come out of like post COVID and we are seeing like, you know, some of like the most like authoritarian kind of governmental oversights and shit. Um, And I say this as like a very, like a pretty fucking progressive person. Like it's, it is pretty crazy, you know, in terms of like privacy and, and personal kind of freedoms and whatnot. It's like, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, Now my question for you, Jay, is as someone who is like, super interested in this stuff and also is an artist and so like intrigued I think in a lot of ways by this idea that like web3 can be both really good and probably also very dark what and and this is just your own personal thoughts I know you probably you you don't you don't want to speak I don't think like on behalf of the space I'm just curious I don't speak on behalf of anybody but myself (laughs) Let the record be shown. And even then, so I'm sure your mind stone, has changed. <laughs> find me on Twitter and cast your stones. <laughs> but like, to what degree do we have a responsibility to acknowledge things that are, you know, hurtful to humans and mitigate some of those things versus sort of just let it all go free? And maybe that's yeah, casting I mean, a that's moral like, judgment again. But But I mean, I think that's like the whole human dilemma. Is it's like the whole thing is like, I think that question, like, it's a really solid question, but I think it like completely discredits like the nuance of like experience. Mm. You know, it's like the nuance of like what I need versus what somebody else's needs or like what are, I mean, it's like brings like kind of like to the basis of like what are like basic human rights and, you know, like how do we make sure everyone is like hitting like a certain. So it's like, I mean, I think that question is so difficult. I mean, I think the main thing is like, the best way to prepare the future is to like, you know, push people to like think critically. And I mean, I know that's like such like a fucking easy thing to say, but I mean, I do think it's like, we we've lived in a time in the last probably like five years. It's like so fucking reactionary. We see it in politics. You see it in like personal beliefs. You see it in like, it's like, I always say this is like someone who's like bounced around and like lived in a lot of different places, lived in like really rural places, lived now I live in New York City, like grew up super religious. Now I'm not religious. And it's like people don't fit in the boxes that we're usually presented them fitting in. And I think mm-hmm. that's like what's important is like, like it's, it's a lot of like these like accepted, I would even call them like accepted stereotypes aren't true. 
and people yeah. have like way more like fluidity to have like diverse thought and that's also like what makes the world really fucking cool um but like it's i think it's just like the ability to like process information and be like okay like yeah that's kind of fucked up like i don't really know how to react to this but it's not good and maybe you just like i mean that's the thing is like we we give meaning and and power to like like I, I think that's like the thing is like things are like given power and meaning. And so it's like, if you don't right. ever give that power and meaning to somebody, it's like, you know, like it, it's hard for them to maybe do that. Like a good example is like, I don't know if this is a good example. <laughs> We're going to go with it. I mean, the fact that like, you know, there's all the, the, all the controversy around like, uh, Meladius has to do with like the founder Charlotte Fang, who ran some other accounts that were definitely like quite problematic, but they've kind of like phrased them as performance art and then, mm-hmm. you know, playing on like a lot of these things we've talked about, like identity politics and like deep internet copy pastas and shit. And it's like, what would have happened if like that? I don't know. It's like, I don't know if like, I guess it's like what's tricky like with that question is like what's better like highlighting that and then like you have like 20,000 retweets and then everybody knows about this person and then it like builds out this like deeper kind of cult following and I mean I guess it's like also just like a byproduct like cancellation is it usually creates like really like fervent believers that are sometimes mm. kind of militant mm-hmm. um, but I don't know I mean I think it's like I think it's like the thing is like the, the the question at the end of the day is like who's who has like the power and on like the right to tell somebody else what's right or wrong. Right. I mean, if, I mean, if we if we get to that way, it's like we end up in like a fucking religious state that, you know, you might as well go, you know, live in Utah and <laughs> like three, two beer. Um. So it's like you, you, it's, I guess it's like that sacrifice of like, well, do you want the sacrifice for people to be able to build their own like morality and, and also like their own kind of thinking? Or do we want yeah. some like, do we want some centralized identity telling us what's right and what's wrong? Right. And I guess like the interesting element here as well that I think probably gets overlooked. Um, and of course, I think, and I, you've mentioned this a few times, like there are nuances to a lot of this stuff, but an interesting element that I think gets overlooked here, especially as we see like GPT-3 being used in all these, these like specific ways, same with a lot of these like, um, like stable diffusion and stuff like that. Um, if this shit is going to exist online anyway, like it probably, it is going to exist online. Like if it's not a person doing this kind of thing, it's going to be a bot. And eventually bots – this is like kind of dark and dystopian, but I do think it's true. Like bots will be able to build militant armies if they wanted to. I think that will be very feasible. And so what gets interesting that I think you're kind of hinting at is this idea that like in a world that is just full of like internet garbage – it's basically up to you as an individual to decide where you want to put your attention. Because if it's not other humans that are generating this garbage, it's going to be computers. Um, And so ultimately, I think there's something interesting here that's like teaching a man to fish, which is basically just like, you got to figure out where you want to put your attention. Obviously, again, there's nuances there when it comes to like, 
what are the impacts of a bunch of different people being empowered to act on things that do hurt specific groups of people. Um, There's like a whole other discussion to get into on that kind of thing. But I do think in a general sense, like, I don't know if there are going to be a bunch of AI bot accounts that can do the same shit that individuals do. Maybe the focus should be less on the individual or the account and more on being able to sort of, I don't want to say take back our own power and attention, but in some ways I do think that's kind of what it's about. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's like, at the end of the day, it's like more of like, I'm just tired of being told to be angry all the fucking time. (laughs) And I also know like when I do kind of step out of my comfort zone and talk to people who are different than me or like who, again, like that's where a lot of this like, a motivation to start that anthropology project that kind of surveys a lot of this, but like everybody writes opinion pieces these days over like what's good and what's bad. And sometimes it's like, I I don't really care. Like if there at least, if like there's something interesting happening, like shouldn't that be recorded? And then Mm. shouldn't I be able to like, it's like, just, I I just want to present. And I think we should all be presented with like the most clear picture around like what something is, Um, which is hard because, you know, we, we are like emotional humans and we're not like computers and shit. But I do think it's, like, important to, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's just, like, at the end of the day, people are, like, really fucking cool regardless of kind of, like, and there's, like, crazy people. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's a crazy people. But even the crazy people are usually kind of interesting. Like, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) there's a reason reality TV exists. Like, Jesus. I cannot wait to listen back to this episode. (laughs) Ah, I know it's going to be a bit much. <laughs> no, no, I think it's going to be – I think you're right. I think you're capturing a very raw but incredibly – like you have a lot of um, understanding of like art and culture and the way that these things are produced and build upon each other while also capturing this really raw sentiment around humans and just the way that we engage not just with like – the idea of cultural production and stuff, but also just each other, which is really interesting. I think that's what you're doing in this like gonzo anthropology stuff. I think that's also what some of this curiosity is like, is like going after too, in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of those things, like, I mean, everything we see, I feel like that comes from like really big entities of like, and when I say culture in this aspect, I mean, like, this is, like, big air quotes, but, like, there's a reason, like, every movie is a fucking reboot. It's so boring right now. Like, Jesus. Like, give us something, like, interesting <laughs> at least. Like, and so I think that's, like, where a lot of it comes from is, like, searching for, like, these intersections of, like, interesting ideas. And they're happening, like, everywhere. I mean, like, even, like, here, it's, like, that's not something I'm tuned in, but there's, like, a huge DJ scene. And, like, that's, like, there's so many, like, interesting and crazy overlaps of people who like go to all this shit and it's it's just like one of those things of like again it's just trying to like surround surround yourself with like and that's what's cool about the internet is it's also the downfall of the internet is like i mean david david phelps tweeted about it the other day but it's like what was it who's like wired or something but like creating a twitter feed that like basically is uh like changes everyone on your feed to like agree with you and i was like reading it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> came across that term a few weeks ago but it's like heaven banning it's like basically what is like that? 
it's like the idea of like somebody is banned from I mean, a, a good example is like in the internet and they're basically like put in like a photocopy, an exact copy of like every server or whatever they're in and everything is there is just an AI bot that's like tuned to their exact beliefs. And so it just, it's just a, like a, an echo chamber for eternity. Now, here's my question for you, Jay. And here's the thing I think I struggled most with around the Milady stuff, around a lot of the things that you're diving into. <clears throat> When I was listening and learning about some of this stuff because you were like, Chase, you need to see what the hell is going on just because this is such an interesting intersection of people and crypto and all this stuff. I wanted someone to tell me, here's what you should think about this. Like, I don't think I realized that at the time, but having this conversation is making me realize, like, I want to be told how to think about something. Like, someone, even someone listening back to this, like, if I were to listen to this episode, I'm going to have judgments in my own brain, but I'm also like there's something nice and lazy about being like, yep, someone's telling me Jay's thought on this is good or bad and like that's that. There's something mundane and like empty. M mundane is not the right word. There's something that that feels empty about doing that, which is why I think the like constant 18th Avengers reboot, it feels empty. Like there are all these things. At the same time, there's something that's really comforting about being like, hmm, I don't have to think for myself um, and I don't have to hold contradictory things true. I can just say, yep, this bad, this good and move on. And so I feel like that's the other weird nuance here, which is like whether it's the idea of keeping your own echo chambers or just being told that like decentralization good, centralization bad or milady bad, this good, like – I don't know. There's something there's something interesting that I think you're good at, which is holding space for multiple things to be true at the same time that I think the human brain or at least my human brain like struggles to do. I mean, that's like the whole like <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing is it's easy, but it's also like the easiest way to like shut down an argument, not have to counter with like thinking that's different than yours. I mean, that's like mm. everyone does that. Like we all do that. And like, I mean, American politics is like the best example you know it's like you have like a republican and like instead of like looking into policy they're just like oh this like liberal you know this liberal politician is just they're just bad they're <laughs> immoral and it's like instant turnoff like it shuts the conversation down you can't have any more conversation you can't even touch it yeah i mean like it's you can't even touch it and that's like that's that's how bad shit happens yeah. Like, when you can't even like have a thought on a topic that is potentially problematic, it's that's that's like utterly terrifying. Yeah. Like that's dystopian as fuck. Right. We're living in that. Right. <laughs> like And there's also a balance like between it's so hard cuz it's like this idea of like how do you create spaces that are <clears throat> open for discussion while also holding like certain boundaries I guess and maybe that comes down to like personal boundaries but mm -hmm. yeah there's like a lot I feel like there's still a lot of discourse that is not happening yet and maybe that's what a lot of this I mean I think that's probably what you're getting on even is like a lot of this art is playing with that idea yeah um, yeah and that's what's so cool is like a lot of like these innovations with crypto and like, you know, token gating and creating these niche communities is like, then like 
you create like the beliefs and the right and wrong for your community. And then you can go find something that like you identify with, but you can also have discord with you want, or you can like have like multiple different identities that like operate in different senses and, you know, like partake in different communities that maybe don't overlap. Like, I feel like that, like, I definitely feel like I'm in places that like, like, like a good, I went to like a, a film screening event here put on by this, this film group called new people cinema club. And they're, they're pretty like infamous because they like did a film festival a couple years ago or like last October that took teal bucks. Uh, but I do want to like set the record clear. I was like talking to one of the people behind it and they are no longer running on teal bucks. So all I like the haters, it was like their Chuck E. Cheese. It was, it is like all the haters, like you got to drop that argument. It's no longer on teal bucks. Um, and they made a fucking hilarious t-shirt that was like proudly funded by a Peter Thiel with like a person like vomiting, like just like hyper irony too, which I love. But like, I was at this event and like they were showing this film by this, this artist named Paul McCarthy. And he's like very famous for using a lot of like gore and fecal matter and vulgarity to like do like really like, I mean, I think it's personally, I thought it's like, it's like really heavy handed and blatant, like blatantly obvious commentary on like America. But I'm just thinking there and I was like, if any of like, if like any group of like a certain side of my friends or my family saw like could see what I'm seeing now, they would like send me directly to hell. <laughs> like it's, but it's also like, it's fucking cool. You can go see a film like that and like whatever. But like, that's like a place where it's like, that is like a certain part that like, I don't really identify with, but I think it's interesting to partake in. And, and being able to like, I think that's what's the cool part is being able to like live in a time in a world where you can have like these multiple facets of identity that operate in different like spheres of culture or internet or society. And I'm not telling like, you know, you don't have to go to like 4chan. You don't have to like fucking join parlor and read QAnon comments or like read like crazy, crazy <clears throat> militant, like leftists, like, st like you just don't have to do this that like, but they can exist, I guess is what I'm saying. How do you not go crazy immersing yourself in all of these I do. spaces? There's like weeks, there's like weeks where I'm like, why am I doing this? This is so meaningless. Like it's but I, I think that's like I guess just kind of life. Like it is like, you know, you kind of put meaning and value where things are. And like I also it's like when I do go crazy, it's like kind of thinking, like, okay, like let's just take a step back, like go outside, like Go, go do something that's like not on the internet, go make art. Um, and then like through art, I, you know, can also kind of process a lot of those things and figure out ways to like, whether, you know, interpret ideas or comment on ideas, but it just pushes like thinking a little more, but yeah, no, I do go crazy. I mean, that's why I sent you these, I've been making these gifts that are like using like the most absurd images on the internet I can find. And then they kind of have like this deteriorating aspect. And then it's, it's like, I don't know, like, is is like the internet corrupted but then like are these like files like causing my brain to rot i don't know but they're also like <laughs> i can't stop looking at them <laughs> so it's like I, I don't know but yeah you do go crazy but i also i think that's like kind of fun like it's 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 i don't know i was so bored for the last two years it feels awesome to go crazy <laughs>
It's funny also because my immediate thing is like I can't stop looking at them. I'm like, yeah, that's how the internet was designed. But what's funny also is like in I think a lot of times in Web3 we have this idea that like, oh, like Facebook designing the internet to be constant clickbait, you know, ad revenue, blah, blah, blah. Like that's going to be, you know, fixed in Web3. I don't know. I kind of think humans are just a little bit fucked up and we're going to make things that are a little disturbing always and they're probably always going to intrigue people in different ways and that's probably kind of always going to be true of course i think like a facebook or other types of platforms with certain models amplify that but that won't just completely go away with different monetization models either yeah i mean i think that's because a big topic in i feel like web3 and crypto right now is like curation and like how do we like you know aggregate and then also kind of filter through um, all this, like this never ending content. But I mean, you're not, you're filtering it. Like, yeah, you might be filtering things you're interesting, but you're also filtering things that are probably like, you're already thinking like, Oh, like this grabbed my attention. It's probably going to grab somebody else's. So I, I think right. that's just like, I mean, that's like the whole medium and like, or not the medium, but that's like the whole point is like, you want to make things that grab your attention or at least like, I mean, maybe grab your attention or hijack your attention. I don't, I, I don't think, I right. don't know if it's like that much of a difference. Um, but I mean, that happens in the real world, like with ads and, you know, I think like the, the everyday person's rebelling to ads is like, you know, graffiti and graffiti. The whole point is like, you want to ram your name down society's throat. You want everyone to know who everyone to see your name. And I think that's at the core, like that's the internet, like you put something on the internet and you hope that it everybody sees it. And that's the power of the internet too. Yeah. Meme proliferation. Exactly. Yeah. There are a lot of interesting pieces there. Um, well, Jay, this was a really wonderful and interesting conversation. I'm very, I am incredibly curious to hear what this ends up sounding like. Yeah, it, it might just be like completely garbled. I mean, I think it, that's like the part of like research is like sometimes you have to like, you know, put out things that are happening. Like, that's the thing. It's like, all this shit's happening. I'm just repeating mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You're just I the don't... honest fly on the wall. I'm trying. But you're also trying. engaging with it in some ways, which is where yeah. it gets interesting. Yeah, I'm trying. And that's like the thing is like, yeah, it can be bad. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying it's not bad. <laughs> I have one last question for you that's like, when you talk about like making art, for example, to like process some of this stuff. When I'm consuming someone else's art, a lot of times like I'm not really thinking about it from the perspective of like, oh, someone is processing the environment that they're in. And that just kind of clicked for me that like, oh, maybe incredibly gory, disgusting film is how you process and and still make statements about, but probably process um, some of what's going on in our society. Like how much do you think – a lot of the stuff that we're seeing bubble up now is like this intentional effort to message to like put a message across that feels important versus like people who are making stuff to process what's going on. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, again, I, it's like, I don't want to like bow out of the question, but I do think there's like nuance to that and I also think like is there any is there like a difference between like 
processing something and then saying it means something to you or like saying, I think it's like, it, it makes sense that you're going to make something that you want people to see after you've processed the information that you're countered with. So it's like, you're, mm. you know, like your work is a response to your environment or what you're around. And therefore, hopefully, I mean, not therefore, like work can be made and not really have any meaning, um, which, you know, is something in itself. But I do think you can have like, I, I think, it, I think what I'm trying to say is like artwork can be both like a system for processing all of this stuff and a system for making statement. And I think it can mm. happen at the same time. And maybe that's like the contextualization stuff as well. Like some of those things bubble up in 4chan as like this just thing that people use to process things or that's sort of like reactionary to the environment. And then that actually gets turned, adopted by another group of people and turned into something totally different that's actually pushing a very specific meme. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess it's, it's like one of those things where like, oh, do we live in a dystopia? But it's like the internet basically kind of like controls the world and I think manifests a lot of what happens in the world. And at the root of the internet is 4chan. It's like 4chan and Tumblr. It's a scary, uh, so, scary assertion. <laughs> I mean, but it kind of is. Like at least yeah. for like culture and a lot of like internet native culture. And yeah. I think that's kind of like – maybe like the great way to like, maybe like wrap all this up is, you know, that's the whole thing we're like looking at with a lot of these experiments in crypto. It's like, again, not to Jacob's just written kind of like one of the few people who've written about this. And then same with like, do not research. Um, a lot of the writers there, but kind of like written about, you know, the history and these examples of, um, predictions and creations then manifesting into reality. So it's like, mm really it's like it's like some of the questions i feel like is 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 everything that we're making a reaction to what's happening or is it basically creating what's going to happen right um, and i think that's what we're figuring out and maybe it's both okay one last question for you before we we wrap this up which might it's it lacks all the nuance of the conversation that we just had about judgment about what's going on but What's your most optimistic take for the future of the internet and maybe society at large? I, the most optimistic take, I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty optimistic person, but like, yeah, you definitely spend time on the internet and you're like, oh, I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> um, my most optimistic take. And it doesn't have to be what other people would consider optimistic. Yeah, like maybe I mean, it's just neutral, but I mean, I think it's like basically like my most optimistic take is like the internet internet is going to be a place where people can share any idea pretty freely and it can't be censored. And then, you know, yeah, people can be weird with what what's said. But I, I think, yeah, at the end of the day, it would be pretty fucking cool to like, know there's a realm that you can say something and you're not going to receive physical harm or governmental harm or deplatforming harm or whatever. Like you, you can just, I think it's, I think, yeah, I think the internet allows, I think this is my optimistic prediction. This is, we're distilling. This is an active workshop. I appreciate it. <laughs>
but the internet allows everyone to exist. I think that is mm. my optimistic hope. I like that. It reminds me of like the um, the state of nature pre rule of law, where everyone can express themselves and do what they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is like we we love to use like a lot of nature um, examples and metaphors and allegory, but like there's a reason there's a Reddit page called nature is metal. Like nature is <laughs> fucked up. Like I, This is why I don't like watching all those like animal shows because it's like they make you fall in love with like a baby cub or something. And then it just gets fucking attacked. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, don't want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, that's like the thing is like, I don't know. Like if nature's utopia, <laughs> it's, a, it's still like a really scary utopia. Yeah. So I think, yeah. It's very true. Well, I love that. Jay, where can people find you and where can they follow gonzo anthropology and all of the different things that you're doing? Yeah. So I guess like Twitter is where I, I post like all, all things smooth brained, including the iceberg anthro. So there's your like Twitter is there. very unhinged in a, the best way possible, but I think it's <laughs> probably the most unhinged Twitter that I follow. Uh, you're following some. You're following some normie Twitter. Chains. I am. I 100 percent am. Yeah, you're following. You're my daily Twitter. dose of unhinged. <laughs> Perfect. That makes me happy. That means it's working. <laughs> it is funny. I'll post some things. I'm like, what the fuck? But it's also like even that's been like an experiment and like almost like a personal like creative growth where you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna put this in the internet. Like, and maybe that's like the, that's like the danger of Twitter too. But whatever. No, I feel like you've been finding your voice also in the weirdness. Like it's very, it's become distinct in a way that I appreciate. Yeah. I mean, we live in a weird fucking world. I don't know how anybody can have coherent conversations. Like (laughs) every day there's like something you see on the internet and you're like, that's crazy. Like for anybody, like a a friend does a publication called Batshit Times that their Instagram is incredible because it's just like the most absurd headlines and photos. And you're like, why? I how do we live in this world? Like, yeah. Then you touch grass and you're like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, oh, That's man, how. it's like beautiful in New York City this weekend. The <laughs> leaves are changing. Like, people are playing in the park. Like, a kid just learned how to ride a bike. I fucking <laughs> love life. And that's how it goes. <laughs> what a good place to end. That is also an optimistic take alone. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Jay. This was very fun. I'm very excited to edit this and see what this actually sounds like yeah thanks for having me on good luck in your journey to to cancelization i believe in you if you like what you heard please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast i always forget to do this for podcast i like but it's actually super useful also if anything resonated with you or if you want to continue the conversation hit me up on twitter i'm at chaser chapman i absolutely love talking about these things thanks again for listening